Hello, and welcome to the Finance House podcast. My name is Polina, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's up, Polina? What's been happening this week? US stocks closed at new all-time highs on Friday after jobs data for June came in better than expected, signaling that the world's largest economy was emerging from the pandemic at a robust pace. The US labor market added 850,000 positions last month, beating economists' expectations for 720,000 new jobs and substantially above the 583,000 revised figure for May. Wall Street's broad S&P 500 and technology-heavy Nasdaq Composite built on records hit earlier this week, with both benchmarks closing at 0.8%. The advance marked the seventh straight trading day the S&P 500 has closed at the record since 1997. The rise took the weekly gain for the S&P 500 to 1.7% and to just under 2% for Nasdaq. The latter's stronger advance reflected the continued shift by investors back into growth and tech stocks. Accompanying the rise in stocks was a modest rally in government bonds. The yield on the benchmark 10-year US Treasury note slid 0.03 percentage points to 1.42%. Investors have reduced their inflation expectations over the past month and a half which has affected the markets. The lower inflation projections have amplified the appeal of growth in tech stocks whose future earnings appear stronger when rates are low. Tech stocks within the S&P 500 gained more than 3% this week. Shares of Apple and Microsoft both rose more than 4% over the week. It looks like what works within the market is clearly influenced by rates and by the belief that the inflation is not going to be high. Alina, how has Europe reacted? In Europe, the yield on the equivalent German Bund was down 0.03 percentage points at minus 0.24%. The region-wide stocks Europe 600 and Frankfurt Zetraf both closed up at 0.3% while London's FTSE 100 was unchanged. A macro strategist at CPR Asset Management said that they think that the European market is really benefiting from the euro depreciation, referring to a month-long rally for the dollar against other currencies. The single currency, which was up slightly and $1.1863 on Friday, is down more than 3% against the dollar since the beginning of June. While some decision makers at the US Central Bank are beginning to talk more openly about the need to prepare for the gradual winding down of pandemic-era stimulus, in the Eurozone, the European Central Bank has maintained a softer stance reflecting the different paces of recovery. Luke, what did you find this week? This week, we have seen activity in the acquisitions market, with an attempt from a private equity firm to take over one of the UK's biggest food retailers, Morrison's. The bid comes from a trio of investors led by Fortress, a New York-based company owned by Japan's SoftBank who acquired them in 2017. The two other investors, Canadian Pension Fund and Koch Industries, make up the other 50% of the deal. What's a really interesting question is how much value do Morrison's shareholders place on their shares? Well, recently, they declined an offer from CD&R who offered 230p per share. But they have accepted an offer at 252p per share and a 2p special dividend. Now, this values the share at a 42% premium. But experts have commented that publicly accepting this offer could be an attempt to entice CD&R back to the rodeo to offer a greater premium. Analysts have set shareholder expectations at around 270p per share. So this would 
create an expectation for an offer in retaliation. Now, Fortress and Morrisons have been in talks and the consensus is that Fortress wishes to continue the Morrisons brand with their current strategy. Now, this means that they will support their £10 per hour for every employee and a business model in terms of capital ownership. That's all great, Luke, but Amazon are a key stakeholder in Morrisons as partners. What do they think about the deal? Amazon are yet to comment on this. However, it has been speculated that the tech giant could place an offer themselves to diversify their offering further and extend their food and grocery reach. I believe Amazon will hold their position as partners to the brand, mainly because Fortress have shown support for the current business model, and I see no reason for Amazon to take on the additional risk. It could be that Amazon can use this relationship to leverage greater credit terms in the short as a business relationship is established. But importantly, I look forward to see how close his competitors react, like Sainsbury's and Asda. You're listening to the Finance Owls podcast, and up next, we have winners and losers of the week. The winner this week comes from the 2.8 billion market cap Alexa under the tag ALEC in the NASDAQ. The pharmaceuticals business is a clinical stage biopharmaceutical who develop therapies for the treatment of neurodegeneration diseases. On Thursday the 1st, the company was trading at $22.38. Today it's trading at $35.19 as per the 5th of July. This is a 57% increase of the five days and represents the strong investor confidence a deal with GlaxoSmithKline can bring. The two businesses have agreed to co-develop a number of monoclonal antibodies that will aim to address issues related to dementia, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. Despite the optimism in the deal, the company is still expected to post a quarterly loss of $0.68 per share representing a year-on-year change of negative 17.2%. But revenues are expected to be up nearly twofold year-on-year. But back to this deal, it's certainly a game-changer for Elector. There is a $700 million upfront payment, which is about 33 times the annual revenue Elector produce. They will also be entitled to up to $1.5 billion in potential milestone payments, profit-sharing and royalties, The U.S. profits will be shared, but Glaxo will have exclusive rights to profits outside the U.S. border. But overall, Glaxo has significant resources and should provide an excellent partner for the smaller biotech going forward. And this is what has investors excited. Many are taking long positions, betting on the chance that this relationship will be successful and may potentially be extended in the future. But that's the upside this week, Polina. Who's losing? Shares of our head pharmaceuticals are being negatively affected in response to bad news for the company's experimental cystic fibrosis therapy. Investors are not happy about a post-clinical trial which decreased shares of the clinical stage biopharmaceutical company by 25.7% on Friday. But what happened, you may ask? Arrowhead Pharmaceuticals told investors it was voluntarily pausing an early-stage safety study as there were signals of lung inflammation among rats in a separate chronic toxicology study. They aimed to knock down the production of a protein that contributes to airway dehydration for people with cystic fibrosis. This one really stands out because it's the first from Arrowhead to be inhaled, 
In the past, experimental treatments to prevent the production of this protein entered circulation and ended up damaging kidneys. As a larger drug unlikely to pass through lung tissue and into circulation, it seemed like the new treatment had a good shot. Therefore, it was an opportunity for investors to buy shares of a greater biotech company which was making more progress. That's the news. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.